Listen to podcasts of Joe Walsh and Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Dan and Amy, uh, turns out House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer is having to do a lot of uh, cleanup work for Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she declared the war, the wall, excuse me, to be immoral. Right, I remember that. Yeah. And then also she's uh, on the cusp of, uh, well, trying Shutting to push Shutting down up, the State of the Union yeah, or pushing trying, it off? Trying to push it off at minimum. it in the Oval Office. Steny Hoyer was on with Brett Baer the other night about that issue, the morality or immorality of the war. Of the, I don't know why I keep saying war. <laughs> wall. The, well, it's a war over the wall. Indeed it is, and this was their exchange. I don't think this is an issue of morality. It's an issue of uh, does it work? And uh, Senator Cornyn, Senator uh, Graham, other members of the United States Senate have have put in question whether a wall works, whether that is the best way to secure the border. Uh, Now, are are some restraints? We've supported substantial restraints. We've supported fencing. Uh, We've supported other uh, technologies. Uh, So uh, my own view is... This is not an issue of morality. A wall is immoral if it tries to uh, imprison people who shouldn't be imprisoned. Okay. Uh, a wall you, is, uh, that protects people is not immoral. I you think have the all issue is whether it works. So, uh, I mean, this is the how twisted into knots they are trying to explain this position of I'm for border security. We've supported fencing. We've supported technology to enhance security at the border. We've supported border patrol but we don't want a physical barrier called a wall that Trump can identify as a wall. Uh, A wall is moral if it protects people. A wall is immoral if it wrongly imprisons people. Well, which one would this be doing, Steny? Protecting people or wrongly imprisoning somebody? They need help. They need a communications director at least to be communicating with each other. Well, I mean, they just can't spin out of the inherent illogic of the position. And so Nancy Pelosi moved on to State of the Union address, and uh, she's very concerned about the president's safety. You, you've got a humanitarian crisis at the border, sure, but you've got a humanitarian crisis in the House. Homeland Security, about all of the resources that are needed uh, to, uh, to prepare for a State of the Union address, which she calls what a special, an event of special security. Uh, and, and so these people are not working. And we've never really had a uh, State of the Union when government has been in a shutdown since the Budget Act in the 70s. Yes. So this is, this is respectfully and sadly, proudly I invited him to come. It was privileged to invite him to come. The government to shut down the people who are, that we would have the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, the entire Congress of the United States, House and Senate, the Supreme Court, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the cabinet of the United States, did I say that, and the diplomatic corps all in the same room. This is in, requires hundreds of people working on the logistics and the security of it. Most of those people are either furloughed or or victims of the shutdown, the president's shutdown. But that isn't the point. The point is security. Uh, very concerned about security. Yeah, and she, she sounds like she gargled glass. She sounds a little <sighs> bit... Uh, I mean, I shouldn't... I had a 
voice problem too t- a few weeks ago. But yeah, what does she sound like? She sounds a, a little bit like this. Christian Nielsen, the Homeland Security Secretary, uh, begged to differ with Speaker Pelosi, tweeting out yesterday after this uh, Pelosi uh, uh, utterance that uh, the State of the Union be pushed off or delivered from the Oval Office or sent to uh, the D.C. press corps in postcard form. The Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Secret Service are fully prepared to support and secure the State of the Union. We thank the service, meaning the Secret Service, for their mission focus and dedication and for all they do each day to secure our homeland. So a bit of a disconnect between uh, Nancy Pelosi's deep abiding concern for the president's safety and what uh, his Homeland Security Secretary says they are able to do in preparation for the scheduled State of the Union on January 29th. For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Steve Cortez, CNN political commentator, and uh, former head of Trump's Hispanic Advisory Council. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Good morning, Amy and Dan. Good morning. So uh, what should uh, Trump do? Uh, obviously, it's it's nice that he Pelosi has his back on this, is concerned about his physical safety. Um, right. should, yeah. he, should he push on and give the State of the Union anyway, or should he uh, take Nancy Pelosi's warning seriously and, and then work in a bipartisan fashion to find an acceptable place for him to either to deliver right. the speech in either written or verbal form. A, a safe space, so to speak, right? Yes, exactly. Um, College campus. <laughs> right, right. You know, by the way, let me just quickly say, uh, Secretary Nielsen, I have been so impressed with her. This is yet another instance where she debunks nonsense that she has to do so often. And she probably takes more grief, other than the president, than anybody in politics right now. And I really admire her and commend her for that. She was my classmate, actually, uh, at Georgetown at college. I did not know her, Dan, and probably the main reason was she was probably busy studying while I was out acting like a moron. Um, and that's why she's the secretary of DHS right now, um, and I'm not. But yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> to, to get back to your point about um, uh, about the State of the Union, look, I think this is another example of the pettiness of, of Speaker Pelosi. One of the things that scares me, by the way, about State of the Union when she started talking about security is it just reminded me she's third in line to the presidency. Think about that. That's a frightening uh, reality, you know, I, I think. Uh, but regarding her, her pettiness and her just brazen political uh, maneuver here, the State of the Union, is, it's part of the pageantry, quite frankly, of our democracy. It's part of the ritual of our republic. Uh, it's in the Constitution, and it has become over time a tradition where it is given as a speech and where all of the top officials of U.S. government convene uh, and discuss our country. And so for her to try to say that, uh, that she wants to shut that down um, or, or not allow it is ridiculous, and what I – have advised the White House is if she actually stands by that. I don't know if she will, but if she does, go and give it in the Senate chamber. There's no reason we can't do it there. Let's just have the State of the Union on the other side of Capitol Hill. What about, or what about the Oval Office? Or what about the border? Or what about Newman, California, uh, on the front porch of Officer Ronil Singh's house? How about that? Right. No, and you know, to that point, too, regarding the wall, there is just such amazing duplicity among the Democrats. Uh, because, and you're so right that they, they, um, they put themselves into a corner where you know, they can't, there's no logical way for them to explain. Because if you're for border security, you can't say then you're against any barricade. And then, so, okay, you're only against this W-word wall. That's, that's the only thing that you're actually against. Let's just be honest here. What are they actually against? They're against Trump getting a political win. Um, and they know that the wall is incredibly important to Trump voters. 
but here's the reality. You know, we, we have a democracy. We have elections. It was the foundational issue of his 2016 campaign. He was not ambiguous. He was not nuanced on this. Uh, and the people overwhelmingly rallied to it. They elected him president of the United States in probably the biggest upset in American political history. Uh, and now he's trying to deliver on that on that promise. It's something he can't do unilaterally. Unfortunately, he needs help from the Democrats. And it, it, the idea, though, that walls don't work uh, and, and they keep moving their targets. Well, walls are immoral or walls don't work. Um, or walls are too expensive. Right? They, you know, they keep coming up with a, with a myriad of excuses. But the, to me, the, the most important one to address is if they don't, whether or not they work. Uh, they work all over the world. We know that, and including in the places where we have them on our southern border. Now, is, is the wall a panacea? Is it a silver bullet single answer to illegal immigration? I mean, of course not. It's part of a process to get control of illegal immigration in this country. But the, the frontline cops doing that hard job of guarding America in customs and border protection, they tell us that they need a lot more walling. It's time that we give it to them. Uh, and if we have a wall, though, wouldn't that send a message to people in Central America who want to come here that, you know what, we're a little more fortified now, so don't bother? Right. No, Amy, I think you're exactly right. Look, you know, people respond to incentives, right? Human beings respond very, very quickly and very rationally. Uh, to incentives. And the incentive, for example, right now that most Central Americans know is that they can game our asylum system. Uh, and because of that, they know, get across the border, raise your hand. They're really not sneaking in anymore, right? Get across the border, raise your hand, report yourself, uh, claim asylum. Uh, you know, they're, they're smart. Uh, and, and right now we have incentivized, unfortunately, with the best of intentions, by the way, because we're, we're a welcoming country, a caring country that does want to give asylum to people who actually need it, who are being persecuted. Uh, the vast majority of these people coming from Central America are not being persecuted. They're economic migrants. Uh, they want what America has. And by the way, I don't blame them for that. I would too. But I do blame them uh, for doing it in a dishonest and, and often illegal way uh, by sneaking into the United States rather than applying the way millions of people do all over the world to become a legal immigrant to the United States. And I think you're right, though, a, a wall – uh, and showing that we're serious about the southern border, or at least a lot more walling than we have now, would be a disincentive to tell people it is not going to work. Don't take this expensive and treacherous journey all the way across Mexico because you're not getting in. New York Times uh, reporting yesterday that uh, despite uh, his bravado in public, Trump behind the scenes is reportedly very frustrated, feels like he's getting his brains beat in, that they're losing this fight, sort of seeming to imply there may be some weakening of the president's position. You talk to uh, folks inside the administration routinely. Uh, is that accurate to your knowledge? You know, no, not not to my knowledge. Uh, and I, I haven't spoken to the president himself uh, yet this new year. I, I was able to in, in December. Uh, but I'll tell you then, he was as resolute as ever. And uh, I give him enormous credit for his stamina. I really do, because, uh, you know, he is attacked relentlessly. Um, by, by mainstream media. He's attacked relentlessly by uh, establishment politicians of both parties, by the way, um, in Washington, D.C. And yet his, uh, his spirit and his resolve uh, have been, to me, pretty incredible. So I doubt that, and I, I, I doubt very much. You know, whenever I hear New York Times and sources, you know, those two phrases together, um, immediately my antenna go up uh, that I don't believe most of whatever they're about to report. You know, but listen, I will tell you this. I mean, He's a human being, so being frustrated would be understanding, of course. Um, and I think, by the way, too, though, that that's one of the reasons the Democrats are digging in so hard on this wall issue is because they know that uh, once we strip away all of the carping and complaining of the media, the actual record of Donald Trump so far as president 
has really been incredible, it, it, and it's a record of peace and prosperity in the world. And so if, if he gets the win on the wall, um, he then has a record of peace, prosperity, and promises kept, including the biggest promise he made in 2016. And that is the scenario. That's the game plan for a monster win in 2020 for re-election. I think the Democrats know that, um, and they very cynically are trying to sabotage that because they don't want to run against his jobs record. Uh, they don't want to run against uh, the very uh, calm foreign policy that he is initiating around the world. We're not intervening. We're not fighting everywhere. Um, so instead, what they're going to do is obst- it's obstruction and resistance. You know, that's what the Democrats are about. They're not about an agenda. They're not about growth. Uh, they're not about a forward-looking plan to increase the uh, – to, to better the lives of regular Americans. It's about we will resist and we will obstruct. Yeah, I mean, and they've been here before. Pelosi uh, with George W. Bush in his second term, she stalled – his uh, move on Social Security reform by not offering a plan, just digging in. And that's what she's trying to do again. And I hope uh, President Trump plays it better than President George W. Bush did. He is Steve Cortez, CNN political commentator. Steve, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560.